Thanks in the dark. Hey, what's up, everyone? This is Mai Yang from Mix in the Dark. For my October special, I am hosting a three-part story with two amazing storytellers. You may have heard me mention Lingva and Tales from the Abyss 87 in my past episodes. Well, we finally found an opportunity to collaborate with each other. Don't forget to take some time to explore all three storytellers' scary stories if you haven't already. The storytellers' information and social media pages are included in the description. Grab a snack, a partner, a blanket, and enjoy. This is a scary story. This is also a sad story. This story is unfortunately based on true events that happened to a family. The names of these individuals have been changed to protect their identity. All of the events mentioned in this story are written from the memory and perspective of a 10-year-old girl. I remind you to be respectful of the experiences of the family and their openness to share this with you. This is a three-part story. You are listening to part three of three. This story begins with a house. The same house that Zilova died in. The same house that my grandma died in. It didn't even feel like our house anymore. After my grandma's death, there was a big empty space that no one knew how to fill. I continued sitting outside in our hammock every morning, writing and revising lyrics. Each morning, that would be my routine until my parents asked my siblings and I to go pick vegetables from the garden for lunch. We owned a good-sized property. My parents loved gardening. We planted everything from flowers to cherry tomatoes. I gotta admit, gardening allowed me to take my mind off of the negative energy that the house always gave off. My parents also raised chickens. We probably had a few hundreds of them. I couldn't count anymore. My dad built a large chicken coop to lock them in at night in case we had wild cats roaming around since we lived near the woods. I would say the chicken coop was pretty secured. Not only did it have a 10-foot fencing that surrounded the coop so that the chickens would not be able to jump out, the coop itself had a door that was able to close from the outside by using these strings to tie together and secure it into place. Inside the coop were different rooms for the chicken to stay in. Each had a door that could also close. One day, my dad noticed two of his chickens by the 10-foot fence outside of the coop. The chickens' bodies were ripped open as if someone had clawed through it and ate it. My dad checked the coop. The door was tied closed just like how he had left it the night before. He didn't think too much about it. He figured the two chickens didn't make it to the coop the night before and a wild cat probably mauled them. He tossed the chicken and continued his day at the fields. At night, he thought he would just double-check to make sure that all the chickens were in. The next day, he noticed again two chickens dead by the 10-foot gate and this time outside of the coop. My dad swore that he locked all of the chickens in, 
there's absolutely no way that the chicken coop door was open. It was still tied the exact way that my dad tied it the night before. My dad knew that it could not have been an animal. Animals would not be able to untie knots to open doors. And even if they figured out how to untie the knots, they would not be able to tie it back up. My dad immediately thought that maybe it was the neighbors trying to send a message. We unfortunately lived by a neighbor who didn't really bond with people of color. He hated that sometimes we would let our chickens roam and they would appear in his property. My dad decided that maybe it was time to get a lock. That day, he worked on securing a lock by the 10-foot fencing and the main chicken coop door. That should do it, he thought. Proud of his work, he left that evening feeling confident and kind of bad for the neighbor that was going to travel that far to a locked door. The next day, my dad went to check on the chickens. His heart dropped when he saw once again two chickens dead by the 10-foot gate outside of the chicken coop. He then said out loud, Whatever you are, you are not welcome here. These are my chickens and my food for my family. You are not allowed to steal from this property. He suspected that something spiritual or paranormal was happening. The activity at the chicken coop stopped after my dad said those words, but then he started to get sick. At first, he had a really bad cold that I remember lasted a few days. We made him chicken tofu broth with rice. He had what looked like shingles, but refused to pay a visit to the hospital. You know how older Hmong folks are when it comes to sickness and hospitals, they would rather seek Hmong herbal medicines and shamans. My mom was an herbalist. She knew all types of different herbs that were good for different types of illnesses. She often bathed my dad in some type of medicinal leaves and roots. My dad had burns and bumps all over his body and chest. He complained of pain all the time. It was sad to watch because we couldn't do anything to relieve his pain. Because he was sick, we had lots of relatives visiting. It's pretty universal across cultures to visit a sick loved one just to see how they are doing and if they can help in any way. I had cousins that came by and stayed the night. They were more intrigued by the chickens than anything, so that's where they hung out most of the time. One night, they were out late by the chicken coop. I think they were trying to lock the chickens away for the night. By this time, the sun would have already set and it would have been dark. My family and I were waiting in the house and setting the table for dinner. All of a sudden, you could hear all three of them screaming and running in the direction of our house. My mom was the first to poke her head out of the porch door to see what was going on. My cousins finally got to us out of breath. My mom questioned why they were screaming. The oldest cousin finally caught his breath and explained that they saw someone crouching by the chicken coop door while they were locking the outer gate. It didn't show its face, but they could make out its bluish skin and elongated facial structure. He explained that it didn't seem like a human and it had a very dark presence. The cousins left the next day in the morning. I'm pretty sure they were spooked. My dad has been sick for a few weeks now and not getting any better. 
he still refused to see a doctor or even visit a small clinic for treatment. Since my dad has become sick, my siblings and I took up a lot of the chores around the house. One of them was feeding the chickens. It was actually my favorite chore to do because it was easy and the chickens act like my little puppies when they follow me for food. We have five big 100 pound chicken feed for our chickens. My dad always liked being prepared and doing less trips to the market since everything was so far away. It was my little brother's day to feed the chicken. We usually keep the chicken feed locked inside of our greenhouse. During the time, I was at the garden with my mom watering her acres and acres of land. My brother ran up to my mom and I to ask where the chicken feed was. I told him that it should be in the greenhouse right by the door. My brother told us he didn't see any. I was a little annoyed because my brother can sometimes be a lazy prick. I decided to go with him just to prove that he was just being lazy. We got to the greenhouse, I look over to where the chicken feed usually is, and was shocked to find that my little brother was telling the truth. The chicken feed wasn't there anymore. I found myself trapped in my mind for a few seconds trying to figure out what the heck happened to the chicken feed. There were five bags. Five bags don't just disappear. They are also very heavy. My dad could not have moved it because he was unwell. My mom also could not have moved it because she was always at the garden and could not have done it by herself. I don't think any of my siblings would move it because we were still young and didn't have any muscles to do it honestly. My brother and I walked back to the garden to ask my mom if she had moved the chicken feed. She shook her head no and said that she will go check after she's done watering her plants. I told my brother to go home. I finished watering the plants with my mom. We both walked back to the greenhouse together. The chicken feed was not there. My mom gave a puzzled look as she started to walk around the greenhouse to see if someone placed it in a different area. Our greenhouse was pretty organized for the most part. There weren't clutters that could hide things. She didn't search for long. My mom decided to give the chicken cooked rice with water that night as a substitute. It has now been about a month and my dad is still not well. My parents decided to bring in a shaman. Remember, a shaman is a respected person in the Hmong community that performs cultural rituals to heal a person or family. They can also read into spaces and communicate with any spirits around that are trying to relay a message. My mom needed to prep for that ritual. In the garage, we have this storage area that looks kind of like a loft. It was connected to a set of stairs that would take you up there. My mom kept some of her plant seeds and herbal medicines up there. She wanted to get some seeds and herbal roots to pack and gift them for the shaman. As she was looking through her stuff, she noticed something out of place. The five chicken feed bags that went missing appeared up in the loft. This was strange because our garage and greenhouse was always locked. Both places are also far from each other. Who would have the time and strength to carry five bags of feed from the greenhouse all the way to the garage and up the staircase to the lofted area? It didn't make sense. It was convenient that the shaman was there. My mom asked the shaman to also look into that situation. The shaman performed her rituals. Her performance took less than two hours. Her readings found that there is this witch spirit who lives in the mound on our land. 
At the mention of the mound, we looked at each other knowing exactly what the shaman was talking about. She was talking about the oddly placed mound in the middle of our anchors of land. I've always thought it was a strange thing that it was there, but my parents never thought to destroy it. My dad had dug a hole underneath the mound to hide his valuables, such as passed down antiques. The witch who lived there didn't like that my dad was disturbing her peace and destroying her home. She released her rage on him and wants him to remove his items. Upon hearing this, my mom mentioned that she had a dream about my grandma. In the dream, my grandma came and scolded my mom for her to keep my dad away from the farm and for us to get out of that house. It was a warning that my mom dismissed thinking that it was just a dream. Seeing the seriousness of this situation, my parents decided that we were going to move back to St. Paul. By the end of that summer, we packed up our belongings and left for good. My dad got better almost instantly and we never looked back. Thank you for listening to our three-part story told by three different storytellers. Shoutouts to Lingva and Tales from the Abyss 87 for collaborating with me. Again, you can find all three storytellers' information and social media pages in the description.